let go of God. Sort of put him on the back burner or go after other things more than you go after him, even if you reject him. How would God react? Well, letting go of God is exactly what we see God's people doing uh, when Samuel was judging the nation of Israel in the book of 1 Samuel. Under the leadership of Samuel, the good and faithful priest that uh, God had raised up uh, to judge his people, Israel was going through something of a golden age. Uh, There was no central government at that time, just Samuel the priest. But God himself governed his people and he blessed them richly through his government. And there was no standing army in Israel. But God himself went out before the people and fought their battles and defended them from their enemies. And indeed, while uh, one time, while while Samuel was judge, uh, Israel's powerful enemies, uh, the pagan Philistines, were attacking Israel. And God literally thundered from heaven at them and and filled them full of confusion and terror. And the Philistines ran away and and, uh, Israel was victorious over them. And God... You know, God loved his, his special people, Israel. Uh, they were to be unique and different and stand out from amongst all the other nations of the earth, meant to be an example of what it was like to live with God under his reign and his rule and, you know, be a great shining light and an example uh, to all the other nations of the earth. But how quickly does the human heart let go of God. By the time Samuel was an old, old man, uh, Samuel's two sons, uh, also priests, had begun to take over some of his duties in, in judging uh, Israel. But his sons, uh, they weren't as good as Samuel. And actually, there were allegations against them that they were corrupt and that they, they took bribes. And so the elders of the tribes of, Israel's, of Israel They didn't want Samuel's sons to inherit Samuel's job when he died. And so the elders of Israel uh, came to Samuel and they said to him, Samuel, you're getting old. Uh, So what we want you to do is appoint for us a king to govern Israel. A king that can go out before us and and fight our our battles. uh, A king so that we can have a king and a kingship just like every other nation on the earth. And Samuel was a bit shocked. Uh, You know, he wasn't dead yet, and under his leadership, you know, Israel had flourished. And so Samuel went away and he prayed, and the Lord said to him, listen to the voice of the people, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Just as they've done Forsaking me and serving other gods, so they're also doing to you, Samuel. Listen to their voice, but first warn them. And so Samuel went back to the elders and and he asked them, Are you sure? Do do you really know what you're asking for? Because the king, he's going to draft your children into his army and into his service. Uh, He'll appoint officials to rule over you. He'll take the best of what you have and he'll tax you heavily to fund his army, his government, his own interests. 
Now, you, the people of Israel, you're the slaves of our good and gracious God who loves us and cares for us. But if you have a king, you become the slaves of him, a mere human being. And when you groan out and cry out in prayer after God because of the king and his shortcomings and his, his uh, heavy hand upon you, well, you'll have what you'll ask for and God won't listen. But the people didn't listen to Samuel in the warning. Give us a king, Samuel. And Samuel replied, so be it. I'll find you a king. The human heart, it's, it's so quick to let go of God and to grab on to other things in his place. Uh, Israel did it. This wasn't the first time. This wasn't the last time. And you and I, we do it as well. We seek our security, our validation, our, our hope in other things. Like money, our relationships, pleasure, possessions, our status, our career. We want something more tangible, something we can hold on to, something that is respectable in the world. Uh, but these things, and some of them are good things, these things that we, we, we latch on to for our security, they're just things. And, and ultimately, they, they have no power to help us, no power to save us. We, we let go of God, our, our good, loving, all-powerful, eternal, infinite God, the only one who can, who can truly give us what we want and what we need, which is him, and, and we grab on to just things. And, and when we, God's people, do this, well, it, it's sinful. It's sinful against God, but, but also... It breaks his heart uh, because he loves us. He, he wants to, to provide for us, to look after us, to care for us, to, to lead us, to be with us. But we turn away. Well, a few days later, after Samuel met with the elders of Israel, uh, God spoke to Samuel once again. And he said to Samuel, tomorrow will be a big day. I will send to you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you will anoint him to be king over my people. And so Samuel prepared a banquet uh, for this man that he'd never met, who he was going to meet tomorrow and anoint as king. And it happened the next day that a young man from the tribe of Benjamin uh, named Saul uh, had been searching in the wilderness uh, looking for some of his father's donkeys that had, that had wandered off uh, from his property. And after three days, it just so happened that Saul entered into the town where Samuel was staying, just as the banquet was ready. And when, Saul, when Samuel saw Saul, God spoke to him and said, yes, he's the one. So Samuel went up to him and Saul, bewildered, uh, went to this banquet in his honor, uh, which he knew nothing about. And he stayed with Samuel overnight. And then the next day, Samuel took a vial of oil and he placed it upon Saul's head. And he said, the Lord has anointed you ruler over my people Israel and you will save them.
from the hands of their enemies. A few weeks later, Samuel summoned again all the elders and all the leading men of Israel uh, to come back to him. And they, they eagerly assembled because they were all keen to find out about the king that Samuel had, had found for them. <clears throat> he hadn't told them who it was yet, and uh, he saw the crowds before him, and in the distance he saw young Saul, and uh, you know, smiled and nodded at him from a distance. And then Samuel, uh, Samuel assembled the people and he addressed them. Uh, they were looking forward to what he was going to say, but he took an angry tone and he said, Thus says the Lord, Today you have rejected your God, who saves you from all your distresses, when you have said, Set a king over us. And although feeling a bit sullen at Samuel's angry rebuke, nonetheless, the, the people stepped forward and they gathered into their tribal groups and their clans within their tribes. And then before them all, Samuel prayed and then he cast lots, uh, you know, random dice to, to see who would, uh, the lots would fall upon to see who God would choose as the king. And a lot was cast and it fell to the tribe of Benjamin, Saul's tribe. And another lot was cast among the Benjamites, and it fell to the family of Matrias, Samuel's family, Saul's family, rather. And then a lot, another lot was cast amongst the family, and what were the odds? It fell to Saul. But as Samuel and the elders looked around, Saul was nowhere to be found. Where did he go? Samuel asked. And they looked and they couldn't find him. And eventually Samuel prayed to God once again. God, did, did, did Saul come here? Where is he? And, and the Lord answered, yes, he's here. He's hiding out among the baggage. And just as God said, they found Saul hiding, cringing with, with terror uh, among all the provisions that the assembly and the crowds had brought along you know, for their long trip to gather together as a nation. And even though God Almighty had miraculously chosen Saul and, and the high priest Samuel had anointed him with oil and then before everyone, the, the, whole, the whole nation, you know, what were the odds? The lot. God caused it to fall upon Saul and, and clearly his choice. God Almighty chose this man to be king. He was afraid. Uh, rather than fearing God, Saul was afraid of what everyone else would think of him, afraid of, of the people, afraid of the reactions. And so they dragged Saul back before the assembly. And a little bit perturbed, uh, Samuel proclaimed to the people, Do you see the one who the Lord has chosen? And the crowd shouted back, Long live the king! Although the crowd put on a happy face, amongst the ranks of the people, there was a mixed reaction. Uh, some, of best, some of the best warriors of Israel uh, accompanied their new king Saul and, and gathered around him and, and marched him in procession back home uh, to his hometown. Uh, but many others, after seeing Saul cower in the baggage and nervous before the crowds, they despised him. And they openly asked, 
is this man to be our king? How can he save us? Meanwhile, war was brewing once again uh, in the east of Israel. Uh, The pagan nation of Ammon and their powerful king, Nahash, uh, was oppressing the tribes of Israel that lived on the other side of the Jordan River, uh, the tribes of Gad and Reuben. And this king, uh, Nahash of the Ammonites, uh, he was powerful and he was cruel. When Nahash uh, defeated an enemy battalion or, or sacked an en- enemy city or a town, what he would do is take all the survivors and gouge out every single person's right eye uh, to show his power over them and make sure that they would never forget what it was like to go up against Nahash of the Ammonites. And about a month after Saul was proclaimed the leader and the king of Israel, Nahash's army attacked Reuben and Gad and they won a major victory over them. If only they still had God as their king uh, to go out before them and fight their battles for them. From the Israelite army, only about 7,000 men escaped. uh, And they'd taken refuge in a city called Jabesh Gilead. But the Ammonite army had chased them and now surrounded the, the city and the surviving members of the army and had besieged Jabesh Gilead. And, and in their desperation, uh, the leaders of the city sent messengers to Nahash. And they said, please, make a treaty with us and we'll serve you. And Nahash replied, on this condition, I'll make a treaty with you, that I gouge out everyone's right eye and thus put disgrace upon your pathetic nation of Israel. And the city sent messages back to Nahash and said, please, give us seven days that we may send messages, messengers throughout the whole territory of Israel. And if no one comes, we will give ourselves up to you. And Nahash was quite happy for his victory and his power to be uh, announced by Israel's own messengers. Uh, and with a smirk on his face, he said, so be it. And so the messengers from Jabesh went out across Israel and when the people heard their news, they wept for the fate of their, their brothers and their sisters in the east. Israel had let go of God and, and grabbed onto a king and, and the institution of a kingship to give them security and prestige and uh, to provide for them and to fight for them. Now that they'd let go of God and grabbed on to what they wanted, was their king powerful enough to save them? If you've left go, let go of, of God or taken him for granted or replaced him in your heart with, with mere things, or even if you've gotten yourself into trouble through your sin or you've made a mess of your life, well, you might wonder, does God still care for me? Uh, 
Will he still help me? Is it too late? Well, there is good news for the people of God, both for ancient Israel back then and now for us, the church of Jesus Christ. And that is, even if we let go of God, God will not let go of us. And so the messengers from Jabez Gilead uh, went across Israel, including uh, coming to the town, the hometown of Saul, uh, the town of Gibeah. Saul, although now proclaimed king, he'd actually gone back to farming. Uh, he, he still wasn't quite sure about this whole kingship thing. And on the day that the messengers arrived, uh, he was coming back into the town from his fields uh, with his oxen. And he saw a crowd of people gathering around and, and he heard the commotion from a distance. And so he came up to them and asked, well, what's going on? Why, why is all this weeping? And they told him the news from Gabe, uh, from. Uh, Jabesh Gilead. And when Saul heard what King Nahash was doing, the Spirit of God came upon Saul with great power and filled him with righteous anger. And he took the oxen, the, the oxen that he had, and he butchered them and cut them into pieces. And then he sent them throughout the whole territory of Israel with heralds, saying, Whoever does not come after Saul and Samuel, so it shall be done to his oxen. And then the fear of the Lord fell, fell upon all the people of Israel, and they came out and gathered under Saul's banner as one. 370,000 men joined into a huge army, and Saul sent messages from the army to Jabesh, and he said, By this time the sun is hot tomorrow, you will have your deliverance. And the next morning, Saul's army arrived at the city, and by God's providence, they defeated Nahash and the Amorites and saved the city. After the, uh, after the battle, the uh, victorious, joyful Israelites, who had suddenly started to see uh, the value of this King Saul, uh, well, they turned to Samuel, who was also there, and they said, Samuel, remember those worthless men who doubted our, our King Saul and said that he shouldn't be king? Well, let's get them and let's kill them. But Saul, who was there, he said, No, no one will be put to death today. For today, the Lord has delivered his people. And no one could miss the point. Salvation had come not because Israel now had a king and a kingship, but salvation had come because the king was empowered by God's Holy Spirit to do his will. God, in his kindness, had held on to his people, even though they had let go of him. And so the people offered thanksgiving offerings before the Lord, and Saul and all the Israelites rejoiced greatly. But a little bit later in the day, Samuel again uh, gathered the people of Israel and he addressed them. And he said, Now surely you must understand how foolish it was to demand a king, even though the Lord your God was your king. And so that there is no misunderstanding, see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. 
I will call upon him and he will send thunder and rain and you will know the wickedness of what you have done in asking for a king. And so Samuel prayed and immediately the Lord sent thunder and rain and all the people greatly feared God and greatly feared his prophet and his priest, Samuel. And the elders said, Samuel, pray for us so that we don't die for we have added to all of our many sins by asking for a king. But Samuel said, Do not be afraid. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after useless things, things that cannot profit or save, for they're useless. For the Lord will not cast away his people for his great name's sake because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. The good news, my friends, is that God will never go back on his decision to form us, a people, for himself. His glory and his reputation and his honor are all bound us in us, are all bound up in us, the ones who bear his holy name. And God's promises to us and his loyalty to the covenant that he's made with us is more powerful than our sin. So that even if we let go of God, he will never let go of us. And this is made sure in the person that God has appointed to represent and to rule his people on his behalf, his anointed king. And we, the church, have God's perfect king over us, who has the power to save us eternally, the Lord Jesus Christ. So even if you let go of God and in his place have grasped for useless things that cannot profit or or cannot save you, we'll turn around and keep following our King, the Lord Jesus. Because if you belong to Jesus, then no matter what, God still holds on to you. As, As Jesus said in John's Gospel, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. So let us rejoice in our Lord Jesus Christ because in him, even if we let go of God, God will never let go of us. Amen.